Hey, Outcomes Rocket Nation, Saul Marquez here. I want to talk to you about Fullscript. Fullscript is a virtual dispensing platform that lets practitioners dispense professional grade supplements and improve patient adherence from anywhere. It has the most comprehensive catalog of products and has adherence tools like refill reminders and auto reorder. It even sends medically reviewed wellness content to your patients. It's simple to use, loaded with features and integrates with you and your patients day to day lives. For example, when you write a prescription, it's sent directly to patients via text or email. And when they order supplements, they're shipped right to their door. The best part of it all, it's free. So to try Fullscript today, if you're considering adding supplements to your treatment plans, check out their comprehensive guides and best practices on how to do it. Visit fullscript.com rocket. That's fullscript.com rocket. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Mario Anglada. He has over a 25-year career in global healthcare and the consumer packaged goods industry, including functional roles in sales, marketing, product management, logistics, working at the leading companies uh, such as Procter & Gamble Pharmaceuticals, J&J, Cardinal Health, GF Health, Nestle Health Sciences, and also Univision Communications. His experience has been developed across industry sectors as pharmaceuticals, over-the-counter medications as well, and medical nutrition, pharmaceutical distribution, and health technology services. During his career, Mario has developed and launched various consumer-facing solutions, such as leading Hispanic medication discount program, Hispanic pediatric vitamin line, and many more. Today, as the CEO of Oi Health, the first healthcare platform focused on the needs of uh, Hispanic medically underserved consumers operating across North, Central, South America, and the Caribbean, he is allowing them to have access to a suite of primary care-oriented products and services without the need of medical insurance. The beauty of what they do is that it does apply to the Hispanic population, but it doesn't have to stop there. Those needs actually go beyond, and so their platform is agnostic in the the number of people that they reach and who they reach. And so today, I'm really excited to dive into the work that Mario and his team have done to improve access and also help these uh, health institutions better serve the underserved. So Mario, such a privilege to have you here with me today. Thank you, Saul. The privilege is mine, and thank you for allowing me to share Oi Health missions with your audience. Absolutely. So, I mean, you're, you know, and we're going to dive into the work that you guys do there from chronic conditions to, to pharmacy benefits to, you know, telehealth, pretty impressive stuff. But before we dive into what you do there, Mario, I want to learn more about you and what inspires your work in, in healthcare because your background is so interesting. So I'm curious what inspires it. Oh, thank you for that question. Um, so listen, um, my, my background is, is quite simple. I've spent over 25 years now in the healthcare arena, focused on traditional healthcare engagement from a perspective of a Fortune 50 company, right? So we've I've worked with um, pharmaceutical OTC medical device companies and throughout the journey in my career uh, on a national and international level, I always thought and always had this nagging thought in the back of my head 
that healthcare is really well designed for those who have access, those who have health insurance, those who have the means to be able to provide care for themselves or their family members because of their economic capacity. So as I went through the, the life cycle of my career, during each of those elements, I would always look at, and when we went through planning cycles, we'd always identify untapped opportunities. And uh, it was systemic, right? And one of those that always came up to, to the top of the list was the Hispanic community. And being a member of this community, for me, it was a bit frustrating understanding that, hey, we're looking at a population that in all practical purposes should be one of the key targets for healthcare uh, mm-hmm. marketers. And because of a wide variety of reasons, they never were addressed systemically. So I said, listen, I've put enough time and learning into how to make a healthcare system work for those that have health insurance. Let me take that experience. Let me create a team of healthcare experts and let's go solve the issues that these underserved medical communities have. Because if you can solve for those needs, it can go from them to anybody else. But what we focused our efforts are on creating the most lower, the lowest cost accessible system possible. Because if it works for underserved medical communities, it can work for Medicare providers, Medicaid providers, insurance companies, unions, trade groups, and the like. So the impetus of it was looking at what the opportunity was. And when you look at the numbers, they're staggering. The Latino community in the U.S. is 18% of the population today. That's 65 million thereabouts. But it's the group that is going to provide the growth for the U.S. for the next 30 to 40 years. So we're looking at a population that goes from about 18 to a population that'll go to over 30%. When you look at the purchasing power of this combined group, we're talking $2 trillion. And that's larger than the economy of Russia, Mexico, or Spain. And they're here in the U.S. And the healthcare system, from a provider perspective, is doing a great job. The manufacturers, they're a little bit behind. So we said, let's create an ecosystem that addresses these challenges, not only for the end consumer, which is our primary and focused goal, but also be able to create an ecosystem that these manufacturers, these providers who have struggles reaching this community would be able to do it in an accessible manner. Mm -hmm. That's the story and the background of why we did this. And to date, uh, we're really happy with the results, which obviously I'd love to share with you. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much, Mario. And and it's great to hear your journey and to better understand why, you know, you're you're focused in this arena. And those the numbers don't lie. You know, I'm a numbers guy too. I I, I love it because it tells you what the opportunity is, it tells you what the threat is. And so you've identified a niche here, a very large one at that, uh, that we could start tackling as a as a healthcare community. So tell us a little bit more about Oi Health and how you guys are adding value to the healthcare ecosystem, but also consumers using your service. Absolutely. So what we do with Oi Health, um, the simplest way to describe it is take a clinic mm-hmm. and the services that they provide and then virtualize them. So we created a virtual clinic that gives you access to a doctor. If that doctor determines that you need medications, we provide them access to the medications. If that doctor determines that you need chronic condition management support, are you a diabetic patient, are you a hypertensive, asthmatic, or other chronic conditions, we provide the full ecosystem to the patient. So that is, as your audience already knows, considered primary care. So primary care is 90% of your medical life, right? And that primary care 
because of a lot of different challenges and the U.S. healthcare system is highly fragmented. And the bigger opportunity that we saw was to say, all right, let's tackle primary care in an end-to-end capacity, right? Because if you're a low-income, vulnerable population and I give you medication discount programs, that's great, but how do I get the doctor? And if we only offer the doctor, that's great, but how do I get the medication? So we said, we have to go in and we created three elements within our platform, which the name OI Health is today's health in Spanish. Um, And what it's trying to do is it's trying to virtualize what you're able to do. So we offer telemedicine, number one. We do low-cost engagement in bilingual care. So if you're English and Spanish speaker, you can get access to board-certified physicians across uh, our geographic footprint in the U.S., Central America, and the Caribbean. When you engage with those physicians, they have a remote monitoring capability built into it. So if we are able to engage a patient and that patient has needs for us to deploy medical devices to their home, we can do that as well. And lastly, once you end in that relationship with that physician and you have a telemedicine consult, if that physician says, hey, Mario, you need your hypertension medication, we have the capacity to provide low-cost medication. So the ecosystem was designed on purpose to be able to be a safety net, right? Mm-hmm. As you uh, described at the beginning of the of the podcast here, we are focused on the Hispanic community because that's uh, one of the areas that we see the greatest need and opportunity. But the reality is our platform is built third grade education level, English and Spanish. So if you have the ability to read and write, you can engage with our products. Our products have a secondary lever, which is an incredibly important one. We build them with the understanding that you have to be able to pay for them with no health insurance. And that is a key criteria for us because let's step a little bit back, right? If I go and I go into a medical practice, uh, private practice around the U.S., and I'm paying cash pay, which is what most people have to do when they don't have health insurance, they go in and they pay on average about $200, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, quite a significant cash outlay for a person that might not have that money in their pocket. Now, that physician sees me decides Mario needs a medication for hypertension, right? If I don't have medical insurance or medical coverage that includes pharmaceuticals, I might be paying $100 or $200 in addition for the medication. Now, if you add that in a chronic capacity, the numbers start getting really big really fast. So think about the ability to get a patient through a telemedicine encounter into a journey of managing their primary care needs all under about $100 today, that's what we provide. So consumers who engage with our system can take pieces of it, right? If you need a doctor, you have access to that. If you need the medication only, you can use that. If you need a chronic condition management support, we offer that. But the goal was to create this end-to-end solution because we know that that is ultimately what the end consumer might need. So we built all that and we built it with the lowest price point available to consumers, because if it works for uninsured consumers who can self-pay, then obviously it will work for medical providers, health insurance companies, clinics, federally qualified health centers. And we have clients in all those spheres who help us drive down costs by providing our ecosystem to their patient base. Very cool. So, so, and you mentioned $100. So is that $100 a month per patient? Well, we're starting with chronic condition management at around $100. So if you're a patient who has diabetes, we can include chronic condition management, including medication, access to a physician, your medications, and all your devices for $99 today. That's insane. 
That's just, uh, I mean, that's just uh, unbelievable. Yeah, How are you guys able to do that? <laughs> well, uh, it's not a secret sauce. It's, it's a years of experience, number yeah. one. It's, and it's understanding how the system works, right? Because the, the reality of what we do, Saul, is yeah. bring to the consumer economies of scale, right? We go and we negotiate with partners and we drive down costs on an aggregate volume basis, right? So instead of us having, let's say, 50 different glucometer types, we have two or three. But then the volume that those glucometers get from our business allows us to take price breaks. And those price breaks in our philosophy at Oil Health is always to pass them to the consumer. Yes. Um, The goal is lowest price point available because then the consumer gets a lot of ancillary benefits. Now that I'm starting to manage my health better, I become a more adherent, more engaged, more compliant patient. It's a win, win, win. Doctors love it. Patients love it. And ultimately, we are a for-profit entity, but we've been able to structure our model where the profitability for what we do is adequate for our particular needs as a company. So we're happy to provide low-cost healthcare to the masses in a model that we expect over the coming years to become standard operating procedure for most healthcare providers. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and, and there's a movement toward this. And I think the inevitable shift is happening a lot faster due to COVID. That's How right. has that affected you guys? Have you seen an increased interest during COVID uh, and as we kind of you know, get through this time? Your question is prescient because, yes, absolutely. We're in the middle of everything in that COVID perspective. So think about what happens in COVID. COVID, A, social isolation, right, Uh, which Mm -hmm. is important for containment of of the disease. But more importantly, when you look at COVID and the magnitude of what it actually impacts from a healthcare perspective, it does two main issues. So number one is I have an overburdening of the system because that patient for justifiable reasons, might think I need action or I need to go to a physician now, right? Mm-hmm. So they overrun emergency rooms, clinics, and the likes. So for, if you take that and you input a telemedicine component where that patient from the comfort of his or her home can engage with a healthcare professional, and that healthcare professional can determine through standard telemedicine practices if that patient needs to go to an emergency room, a clinic, or the so forth, it's beneficial for the patient. It takes the anxiety level down. It helps them navigate the healthcare system. It's beneficial for the healthcare professional because they can triage, identify, and structure a path into the healthcare system. And for the healthcare system as overall, it's a really efficient way of managing patient load, right? Because if you're sick with COVID, let's say, once I understand your temperature, why once I understand your oxygenation level, I, as a healthcare provider remotely, can decide when you need to come into the institution. So from that perspective, telemedicine is a, is a really important element. The second element for COVID specifically in the healthcare space is if you look at who's affected by COVID, the vast majority of the patients that are at really high risk are people who are chronic condition focused, right? Because right, if I have right. diabetes, I have hypertension, I have other morbid conditions, and I live with them today, now I'm at double the risk, A, because let's say I can't get access to my physician, so I might forego care that I need. So deployment of remote patient monitoring tools like we do for these conditions allow a physician to understand what's happening with Mario's glucose, blood pressure, oxygenation level, or uh, lung function without having to bring him or her into the clinic or into the hospital. So it's telemetry, and that's incredibly important. 
The second element is when you look at these patients with chronic conditions, because of the burden of disease, if I bring that patient into an institutional setting, I'm exposing them at their most vulnerable. So with COVID, the reality that we've seen at OI Health, and and I've spoken to other CEOs at uh, companies that focus on telemedicine and remote patient monitoring, is that we're at the inflection point of where this becomes the new normal, right? Mm -hmm. Because if I can monitor you during a COVID pandemic at your house, and I, as a physician, have the ability to understand how your glucose is going, how your blood pressure is going, I can keep you engaged, adherent, and compliant, then the question is, well, why do I only do it during a pandemic, right? Yes. If I can do it, I can do it all the time. So for us, it's been very intriguing because a lot of institutional partners that were like they all do were cautious and say, all right, let's start a pilot. Let's see how it works. Let's go through the sequential steps. Now, took the leap and said, all right, um, what we've looked at at OI Health and what you're providing and what we need are very well matched. Let's start immediately. So we've been able to accelerate a lot of these uh, discussions with healthcare providers where we've become a healthcare provider um, that supports their ecosystem. We're managing patients in chronic conditions for our customers. Uh, We're providing telemedicine. And um, the ecosystem, as I described it at the beginning of the discussion, is made available to anybody. So if you have health insurance and your health insurance provider wants to engage with OI Health to manage you remotely, we can do that. But we start with the assumption that you don't have health insurance. So if right. you go to our website and you want any of our products and services, those are available to you as well. So for us, COVID has been, and I think it's going to be a, a significant milestone in the development of digital health because at the end of the day, it's actually made it normative or standard of care versus something that was novel and futuristic. Yeah. Now, very well said, Mario. And, you know, so so I guess there's an opportunity as well for, I guess you guys serve the consumer directly? Yes, correct. So okay. we go and you you go to our website and you need a doctor, you need medications, or you need chronic conditions support. Mm-hmm. All of those are listed there. Click on the one you want. We provide you the alternatives. Wow. What we also do is we know that institutional partners need our services. So we work with unions, with trade groups, universities, hospitals, clinics, and some health insurance plans to make our products accessible to their patient bases, right? So think think of it from a perspective of if you need to pay for it yourself, we're here to help you. If you have and you're a healthcare provider and want to make your patients use our tools, we're, we're able to do that from a provider perspective and from a payer perspective as well. Wow. That's pretty awesome. I, I mean, I just, <laughs> Mario, I'm just like racking my brain, you know, I'm like, this is insane. And this is great. You know, I, I just, I love the affordability because folks, you're listening to this thinking, wow, you know, this is fascinating. And maybe you're like, this guy's going to put us out of business if you're, if you're a provider. Um, <laughs> if you're an employer, you're like, hmm, where do I find this guy? Uh, the website is oyhealth.com. That's H-O-Y health.com. And, uh, and one of the biggest problems with our healthcare system today is, is access and affordability. And the uninsured or underinsured, even the insured, right? Let's face it, you know, a good percentage of, of bankruptcies that happen due to healthcare happen to insured people. It, the prices are out of whack and uh, it's, it's services like 
or health that are going to transform our healthcare system for good. And so, so Mario, give us some stories, man. Tell us, tell us about how you guys have created better outcomes or, or better business models for some of your clients. Absolutely. And, and, and that's a critically important element. I, and I wanted to jump, jump on a, on a comment that you made. Our goal here is to make sure healthcare works for everybody, including the incumbents. So what we try to do, Saul, that's a good call. If this works for a consumer, this works yeah. for an insurance company, this works yeah. for a provider and a payer, because again, it's economies of scale. It's a, sure, it's a basic sure. business concept, right? But mm-hmm. what we've been able to do is we've been able to go to healthcare providers that have a vulnerable population and the, the access and the engagement with the Hispanic community in underserved communities was by design. And let me step back a little bit, right? Because if I have, and I'm a cultured to the U.S. system, I understand how healthcare works uh, generally, right? Right. And I struggle in healthcare, as many people do. Now take an added burden of putting a consumer whose language and culture are not necessarily and the one that is part of the U.S. today. They come from a background where socialized medicine or other forms of medicine are the norm, and they arrive in the U.S. It's a really jarring experience. So what we said is, let's start with this consumer. Let's take them through a journey, a handheld journey, and this is part of our our, our approach. Our goal is to get a consumer. Engage with his or her care. If they have a healthcare professional, great. We'll help their healthcare professional drive down costs, drive up behaviors that are positive, drive up engagement, adherence, and compliance, which are the key metrics for any healthcare professional when they look at a patient base. If you are a patient, you need somebody to take you through a journey. And that journey could start as simply as, well, I haven't seen a doctor in five years. Let me have a telemedicine consult. Have a telemedicine consult with that patient and determine, hey, most likely Mario is at risk for hypertension, diabetes, or other chronic conditions. But that journey has to continue once Mario's had an episodic engagement with a healthcare professional. And what we do at OI Health is we take you through the journey, right? Let's say Mario called because he or she wants to see a physician. Once he sees a physician or she sees a physician, there's a prescription if needed that is generated. If that prescription is for an episodic event. Well, Mario, whenever you need us again, please let us know. We're here to help. But let's say that during that engagement, the physician determined that Mario's hypertension is probably the issue. It's really important to take Mario and handhold him through the journey of what the next steps are going to be. Because if he doesn't have a healthcare provider traditionally, like a physician in primary care that I can go to, a clinic, individual practitioner, and the like, Mario doesn't know what to do. So our team, what we did is we created a safety net support team that is led by a physician who has uh, various master's degrees in public health uh, from Harvard, among other schools. And this physician works with a team of customer service folks to guide their pa- the patient base through their journey. So if Mario calls and needs to be managed and needs to be diagnosed remotely because he thinks he might have hypertension, we have the ability to deploy our chronic condition management kits via FedEx, UPS, or the postal mail to Mario's home. Once he gets those kits and those devices, then Mario is able to, at, with a guided telemedicine consult, to determine if Mario is hypertensive, diabetic, or suffers from any chronic condition, 
And our goal is to not leave him or her there, but take them through their journey. Now, Mario, hypertension is going to be controlled by a number of factors. Here are the factors. We have some tools that we can deploy to help you. We can do those digitally. We can do those in person through uh, at-home deliveries. And we have a healthcare team that's going to guide you through your condition. If you're interested in working with us, we're able to do that. And we do it at the lowest cost possible. So our goal is to be able to take that safety net support, guide the patient through the relationship, through the journey, and do it in a way that systematically addresses the underlying needs, right? The first one is access. The second one is cost. The third one is engagement. And the fourth one is compliance. Because during the education and the learning process, we actually have seen how this changes. We worked with a major institution in the New York City area where we were managing patients who had uncontrolled diabetes. So that's over eight in an A1C reading. Right. We managed those patients over the course of a six-month period. And we did a compare and contrast to see what would happen in the community setting through our model, right? Everything at a distance and remote. And having that patient attend in class, in-person classes, engagements, and, and the such. And our theory was that we were going to see higher rates of engagement on our side just as a byproduct of taking time and distance out of the equation, right? Because if I need to get into a car and I need to structure a visit and I need to transport myself and I might not need to not go to the job that day because I have a medical appointment, it's going to be really hard to be able to engage. So when we compare these two groups over the six-month period, we see dramatic results. And the results were eye-opening for us. From an engagement perspective, the people who were engaged in our model of engagement, about 95% of them finished Hmm. six months, which from a chronic condition perspective is quite an impressive number. When you compared the in-person care model, it was around 20% of the folks. So we dug a little bit deeper, right? And we went back to the community and found a couple of elements that were really key. So number one, Consumers on both sides equally were interested in their care, but the reality was when you're going after an underemployed resource, mm-hmm. that resource in certain communities might have two to three jobs, solo, right? Yeah. So yeah. if I'm asking you to leave one of those jobs, you're actually missing cash coming in because many of them work and get paid on a daily or weekly basis. Sure. So the big challenge was I can't leave my job to go do this. But in our model, once you're at home, once you've finished everything, seven, eight, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, yes, I have free time. I can actually engage with my coach, with my care provider and such. So we saw a significant difference there. And the dynamics was distance and time, right? The second element that we looked at was actual results from a perspective of management of A1C, which was the primary goal during this exercise for the six months. Our group that had a A1C reduction of 1.95%, which is a significant number for, for those who are listening, versus a 1.2 reduction for in-person care. So we had a better health outcome, which is the ultimate goal. We had higher engagement and adherence rates with a system that was taking everything to the patient where they live. And that was the first impetus for us looking at total primary care at a distance and saying, wait a minute, this is actually feasible. And the patient results are there to prove it. So now how do we take that and do we scale it? And uh, OI Health is a byproduct of that first experience of consumer engagement in the community. 
And that's great. Our, our models are built on that experience and those understandings. Mario, fantastic. Access, cost, engagement, and compliance all delivered to you basically where you are, even if you have three jobs. And, and that is the problem with a lot of uh, Americans. You know, we, we've got to be somewhere. We've got we've to do things in order to provide for our families. And if you have health care that's delivered to you, why not? And uh, just an incredible opportunity and model that you guys have, have created here and, and not only created, but, but deployed successfully, Mario. I'm excited for you guys. Tell me about the setbacks. You know, maybe, maybe one critical setback that you've experienced that you've learned a ton about that's made you guys better. I think that the, the biggest one was, uh, and was the, the, the systemic approach to engaging with healthcare providers and payers specifically, right? Because mm-hmm. when you go after a consumer, it's, it's a, a fairly easy, uh, easier, let's put it that way, easier relationship because I can directly communicate to a consumer uh, through social media, radio, TV, digital, all the traditional models. Right. When you start looking at going in and engaging in a system approach, right, making our tools available to those third parties that have the aggregate volume that would help us quickly reach our goal of creating mass and scale in order to drive down costs, that's a lot longer process. Typically, your sales cycle for a healthcare provider is, if you're incredibly efficient and have a really good context, about six months. Yep. Most likely, it's about 18 months. So when we looked at the traditional model, we said, well, who do we go after? Do we go after payers first? Do we go after clinics? Do we go after insurance companies? Or do we go after the consumer? And what we learned was that the, the path to success for us specifically was to find partners that were adjacent to all those. I'll give you an example, right? We're working with a union group in Puerto Rico. They are Mm -hmm. the employee association of the government of Puerto Rico. They have a well-defined cohort of about 125,000 members, right? Mm -hmm. And, And this organization was prescient in working with us into creating models where we could get their members medication access programs, because that's one of the big needs that that subpopulation in the island of Puerto Rico has. So I would say that the drawback was the, the time that it takes you to engage with a traditional healthcare system. But as we've described during our, our discussion today on your, on your podcast, COVID accelerated a lot of those just as a byproduct of we were in the right space at the right time with tools that are easily deployable to mm-hmm. any partner. So right now we went from a sales cycle of six to 10 to 12 months to a sales cycle of weeks. But that was a combination of understanding how to approach it from an aggregate volume perspective. But the reality, the COVID pandemic and other issues in in the healthcare system have accelerated our, our deployment. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's great. And it sounds like you, 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 you took a turn for those adjacent groups, like you said, and, and you're looking at really employers, right? And, and, and employer yep. organizations. Mm-hmm. No, we are. We've had really interesting discussions with self-insured employers um, yes. who are deploying our solutions across their employee base. We're looking and we're working with unions and trade groups uh, who have said, listen, we have a member base that is interested in 
healthcare solutions, are you able to deploy these across my membership at a low cost, either free or very low cost to the members? And the answer is always yes. So we're starting to engage with that. We're also working with community groups, uh, community advocacy groups, and the like. And each of these has our pre-built solutions at their disposal in order to engage with their member base. So you're absolutely right. This uh, approach of going to the ancillary groups and then having that be the catalyst to come into the traditional healthcare payer provider model has worked for us at Oi Health. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I mean, employers were, I mean, large ones, small ones, we're footing the bill for a lot of, a lot of healthcare today. And, uh, you know, it's important that, that we, we think through what's available and healthcare is changing today, folks. So OI Health, H-O-Y health.com doing extraordinary stuff. If your company is is doing healthcare and and providing healthcare benefits, certainly take a look at what they have to offer. Pretty pretty extraordinary uh, service uh, that is is high quality and produces better outcomes. Tell us a little bit about what you're most excited about today, Mario. Uh, right now, I think the the biggest opportunity for us uh, is is the adoption of these chronic condition management programs and how the patient actually has responded quite positively to them. Mm-hmm. Think about this, right? When you're looking at population health and you're looking at where the future of the U.S. specifically lies, you compare and you contrast obesity rates, chronic condition management uh, numbers, the numbers become really big, really scary, really fast, right? Yeah. And uh, what we're looking at is saying, listen, uh, this is manageable if you take a slightly different approach, which is taking an approach that is proactive in the engagement and that the tools are simple and that the consumer is willing to do these on his or her time in a guided model. And we think, and when we look at the engagement and how the patient responds to what our deployment looks like, we're really excited. We have populations, and now we've gone into the Medicaid space with certain providers uh, that we're working with. We're deploying our solutions to diabetic patients, hypertensive comorbids, and the engagement today seems to be very well taken by the consumer because they're seeing, number one, my doctor actually cares for me because they're always available, right? Technology is a great equalizer. Once you have a mobile phone or interconnected device, I have access to the world through a search engine, but now I have access to a healthcare professional through OI Health and other deployed solutions like us. What we see is that patient, when they take the leap and say, let me try this, it's a mind shift. It becomes from, wow, this is really cool, to, well, why haven't I done this before? And that really is empowering because you're starting to see with the ability of deploying these tools to masses, we're seeing inflections where patients are actually starting to decrease the negative outcomes. We're starting to see the engagement of those patients coming onto platforms like ours and being able to actually have significant health milestones happen in a short period of time. And like everything else in life, right? Small steps get you to big goals. So we're actually in the midst of deploying this to a population in a remote region of Puerto Rico 
which we think is going to be a model for care because if I can reach a remote region in Puerto Rico into a rural zone with infrastructure issues and I'm able to deploy all these tools and think about how that applies to Appalachia, how that applies to inner city Detroit, how that can apply to the native people's lands and such. So we're really excited about chronic condition management from a perspective of mass engagement and the results that these will bring not only to the patients, which is ultimately our primary goal, but the cost inflections that happen with healthcare systems. And ultimately, the societal benefit of having a person actually be able to manage a condition in a model of care that doesn't require them, like you mentioned, to go into significant amounts of debt. We understand primary care is a starting point, but it's an incredibly important starting point because that's where you spend 90% of your life. So if we can solve primary care and we can solve chronic condition management, everything else as a byproduct of those two starting points should get better in a bigger, broader ecosystem like the one of U.S. healthcare. So our, our excitement comes around seeing the engagement and the ability to deploy really innovative tools to anybody, anywhere, and in socioeconomic groups that historically have been left behind. So if you can do it for them, then it works for those that have better socioeconomic outcomes and inputs. Right. Um, we're excited about our, our little contribution to this. And if, if it w works as we expect it and how we're seeing it to work, we think that this is one of these game-changing models that could actually inflect a large impact over the whole healthcare system. I couldn't agree with you more, Mario. Outstanding work and kudos to you and your team. And, and you know, so, so right now we are in this COVID period where you know, across state lines and, and, and all of the typical regulations mm -hmm. that exist around uh, telehealth, you know, they're, yep. the, 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 the walls are down. And, and yep. so what, what's the play after that, you know, and, and how does your model work if those, you know, sure. uh, you know, re if that red tape comes back up? I, I don't believe it will, to, to be transparent. Uh, one thing that is, and one of the challenges of that red tape was the traditional payer systems, right? Mm -hmm. So you had opposition because I wanted parity of payment from a provider perspective, which is understandable. If you're paying me X for an office visit, you should pay me X for a telemedicine visit. That's right, been right. taken care of, mm -hmm. right? The second element was the ability to deploy these tools into an environment such as inner city Detroit, the center of Puerto Rico, or anywhere in Miami-Dade County, right? The ability of the logistics change to actually deliver these supplies. There's national providers, there's the UPSs, the FedExes, the Amazons of the world that can reach those constituents. And lastly, when you look at the consumer adoption, which was the critical element, because when you look back historically, even though telemedicine was a covered benefit for many, many consumers in the U.S., utilization used to hover around 2% there, and that was considered high. So now what you've been able to do is you've been able to create a, a mindset shift, right? Consumers understand and appreciate what telemedicine is, understand its impact, its value, and a provider now has equal incentives to be able to do this. The geographic re restrictions 
that is something that I think will still remain in place. And eventually they'll come down. But uh, you look at VA and what they're doing and providing providers interoperability across all their system, regardless of where they're at, is a great model to think about and emulate into the future. But let's say it's still 50 different regulatory entities and 50 different states. All you deploy is your solution in 50 different locations. So I don't think that's the constraint. I think that the constraint was consumer adoption, number one, and payer parity. Those two are done. Um, sure. I don't think there's there's going back from those two elements. The others eventually will come into play because when you look at the efficiencies of how this is deploying, you're probably already aware about the FCC $200 million grant for chronic condition management. The government is incentivizing this to happen because they know, and every healthcare expert in a population health perspective most likely agrees, that remote engagement, telemetry, for a physician or a healthcare provider is what ultimately is going to be the inflection point for patient engagement and behavior change over the long term. So I think, and hopefully stuff. I'm right, that this is going to stay and this becomes de facto model for care. And if it does, listen, there's a great opportunity to engage with consumers during the rest of their life. And it doesn't have to be a, an episodic event where I go see a physician once a year. No, you can engage with your physician remotely every day, every hour for the rest of your life. Anytime. You should decide. Yep. Anytime. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, I appreciate the uh, the insights there, Mario. We're getting close to the end here. Hey, do you have any book recommendations for us? Maybe one? Um, sure. From the perspective of looking at opportunities in, in challenging in new ways, one, one of the books that uh, really got me excited about the, the future of business and particularly how to deploy tools what's blitzscaling from the gentleman who was the founder of LinkedIn, right? And when we read that book, we said, why haven't many of these consumer engagement strategies been deployed in healthcare? And we actually started engaging them. The biggest comment that comes from the book, in my mind at least, is the creation of a network effect, right? where every time a tool comes into the network, the network becomes that more powerful. And we looked at that and we instituted that as one of the core principles of what we were doing at OI Health. And it was prescient in the ability to create this network effect in health because at the end of the day, that's what makes a solution powerful. So looking at a book on how to scale a startup company, we found one of the key tools and the, the gentleman's name is Hoffman we were able to find a nugget of wisdom that said, hey, can this be applied to healthcare? And by applying these this basic technology principle into a healthcare solution, we've been able to create a network effect, which was a really, really cool way of taking a concept that is foreign to healthcare and embedding them through a solution set that plays by the rules, the regulations, and the methodologies that healthcare has to follow. So Very that's cool. a book that I recommend uh, many people read. If they have so it's called Blitz Scaling? Blitz Scale. Yep. Cool. I love it. Great recommendation, Mario. Definitely wrote that one down. And folks, sounds like one that you would probably enjoy as well. So pick that one up. If you want the show notes, the full transcript, and links to the resources and, and things that we've discussed here with, with Mario from Oi Health, just go to outcomesrocket.health. And in the search bar, type in OI, H-O-Y. 
you'll find all that there. Um, Mario, our conversation today has been truly insightful and exciting. And before we conclude, I'd love if you could just leave the listeners with a closing thought and then the best place where they could engage with you to further the conversation. Sure. And thank you, first of all, Saul, for the opportunity to share our mission with your audience. This, this, these tools that you're bringing to your audience is one of the elements that we see as very, very, very important for us in getting our mission out. The thought that I want to leave everybody with is particularly applicable to these times where we're in a pandemic and where we're in social strife because of a lot of the issues that are happening across the U.S. currently. At the end of the day, we have to realize one thing. We're all in together, right? And by being all in it together, that means that those who have privilege, those that have less, have to work together to be able to achieve not only a better, more just society, but when you apply that to aspects such as healthcare, as business and the like, I would really look at and hopefully view others adopting models that say, listen, profit isn't really important because we're in a capitalist society, but there has to be a mission that is accurate in the benefit of your organization driving benefit to a member, to a consumer, to a community. And hopefully uh, we are putting a little bit of, or one grain of sand on a beach that ultimately will drive the better outcomes from a health career perspective for those communities. And we'd love to connect to any institution, any healthcare provider who wants to help us achieve that mission. Um, our contact info is info at oihealth.com, info at oihealth.com. Our website is oihealth.com, and you can reach me there. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, all your social media networks. Love to connect with anybody who wants to talk about how we can jointly address either their community's needs or how OI Health can be a tool for them to engage with their patient populations. And again, Salo, thank you for the time. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I look forward to reconnecting in the next couple of years and giving you an update on how we've grown our business and how the healthcare landscape has changed for those underserved communities across the U.S. and the rest of the world. Mario, thank you. Uh, definitely look forward to our next chat. And I uh, want to thank you on behalf of all of us listening that uh, you know you came to, to share what you guys are up to. So, so thanks again for, for spending time with us. It's a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Take care. 